tired of feeling like you're spinning all the plates in your design business and at any moment they could all come crashing down? Are you feeling like you're so close to breaking through to the next level, but those consistent projects still aren't flowing your way? Are you ready to finally take your business from a hobby to 100K and beyond? Then welcome to the Six Figure Designer Podcast. I'm talking all the techniques you need in your design business to start paying yourself, get great clients, and finally break through that five-figure ceiling. Do you currently have a difficult client or somebody that you're wondering if you need to get out of that relationship? Well, then today's episode is for you because today we're going to be talking about when it's time to fire a client. So I am sure you have had a client at some time or another who is questioning every suggestion you make, right? They're wondering, why are you doing it this way? What made you do this? Well, this is good, but I think I like this better. And that is one of the first things that you should be thinking, hmm, we might want to think about this relationship. Um, what if they, sometimes you're wondering like, why they even hired me? Because they're not even taking any of the suggestions that I make and they're not um, on board with anything. And then they start going rogue and doing their own things. And then uh, those questions that come in our minds definitely is, a, is something to keep in mind when you're thinking about firing a client. It's like, why am I here? What is the purpose of my existence in this relationship? Because they are not taking any of the suggestions that I'm making. Um, what if the client's wondering why you're billing for time that you know is required to get the job done right? Why am I getting billed for you to check on other people? Why am I getting billed for you to be on the phone with me? Like these are things that we know are part of the process and how we deliver a great product or a great service to our client. But when we have clients that are questioning this, it really messes with us. Um, you know, they want to know why you're checking in on other trades. Well, we know that we tend to be the conductor in a project, regardless if we have the highest license of anyone on the job. But we are coordinating a lot of different people from, you know, maybe renovation items to also decorative items. And all of those are, you know, related to one another in terms of timing and execution. So we really need to be in touch with so many other people. Um, have you ever had a client that feels like they're really the designer and you're just there to tell them that everything looks great and to keep going? We've all had those projects where, you know, we're not really giving any suggestions or adding any input, but the client just wants you to tell them that they're doing a great job and that everything looks perfect. And nine times out of 10, they're not. They're not doing a great job. They're not coordinating things as they should. And it becomes adversarial because you're telling them something that they don't want to hear. Uh, what if they really just want your sources so they can just do it themselves? You ever had those where they are looking to find out who's your painter, who's your wallpaper person, who's your contractor, who's your tile person, because then they want to end run you and go ahead and implement it themselves. Yes, we've all been there. Or they want finishes and details and beautiful furnishings that aren't in alignment with the budget that they've indicated to you. And they just figure out, they just figure that you can make it work. Somehow you can value engineer to make this look exactly what they want it to look like 
but also be within the unrealistic budget that they have put together. So if you've had a client that's, that's done these things or made you think about these things, um, it might be time to untether yourself from this person. And I want you to consider reasons why you should be doing this because there is fallout on your end when you do uh, fire a client or sever a relationship with a client, but you want to consider some of the things that I have heard from other designers and has definitely happened to me is that the first thing is when you have a client that's questioning everything and is, is constantly difficult, it really messes with your confidence. It makes you question your abilities. And honestly, I think it stifles you from going after bigger and better jobs because you're feeling like you can't even handle this client. How could you possibly handle something bigger? The other thing is it makes you so much less efficient with your time because you're spending a lot more time trying to please them, trying to make them happy, trying to be perfect, trying to show them exactly what they want to see, exactly how they want to see it. And it's making you spend a lot more time, you know, on that client as opposed to spending time on maybe the other clients who are a lot easier to work with. Also, it's making you question your choices. So you might be spending even more time revising your first selection because you're thinking, oh, they're not going to like this because, and it, you know, you keep questioning your choices. So you go back and refine and refine and refine in the hopes that they will think that you have come up with a perfect solution. Um, the other thing is, are they going to start wasting your vendor's time? That is the one thing that I am very protective of. And you know, when you have good vendors, you don't want to waste their time with a bunch of jobs that are never going to go, you know, that are going to happen, never going to come to fruition because time is money. And we don't want to waste a lot of time and effort on things that aren't actually going to turn into real projects. So I want you to think about if you're asking your vendors to be looking at jobs and putting pricing together for clients, and you know in your heart of hearts that they're not going to do what they need to do, then I would, you know, consider thinking about that because you don't want to ruin that relationship that you have with a great vendor over a client who's really just wasting everyone's time. And here's the last thing. It's probably not going to get any better. As much as we want to think that we can try harder and do more and be the best designer that we can be going above and beyond making our clients happy, some clients just aren't capable of that. Some clients are never going to be happy. And so you need to realize that if it's not good now, it's not getting any better because you know projects have bumps in the road. There are things that happen that are out of everyone's control, even though clients don't necessarily understand that. And if they're not happy now, it's only going to kind of go downhill from here. So how can you think about breaking away from a client when you're, you know, in the midst of a project? Well, first of all, sometimes there's natural breaks in projects, meaning you've been hired to do a specific portion of a project or you've been hired hourly 
and we're at a point, you're at a point in your project where things are at a lull, either they have to make some decisions, maybe there's construction going on or something like that. So sometimes there's actually a natural break in a project. Um, the other thing is that you may have an open invoice that hasn't been paid for your time or your design fee, or, or maybe it's even something else, and they're kind of dragging their feet on it. And it's been, you know, it's not been a month, but maybe it's been months and you're still waiting to get paid. You know, this is another time where you can be like, this is a great time to, to move away from this project. Also, sometimes projects go on hold indefinitely for various reasons. Again, a natural break in a project. And then the third way is to do a formal, a formal breakup. You can do that verbally, or if you have a contract, then I would suggest you do that in written format because that just is, is formally severing that contract and that relationship. And one thing that I want you to be sure of is that your language that you're using is strong enough. So let me give you an example of a situation that happened in our mastermind group. We had a designer who was hired to do some consulting for a client that was then going to lead to a much bigger project. Um, the home was over a million dollars, so everything looked really good. They were in the right area. And so all of those factors looked really, really good. And as this relationship started to move through the process, um, this designer, you know, started recounting what was happening. And she was saying that, you know, the client wanted what she called an Instagram house. You know, they just wanted everything to be big and beautiful and perfect. And there were a lot of elements in the home that already were, were lovely, but she wanted to rip everything out, which isn't a problem except the designer was finding that the budget, the realistic budget to do all these things was not in alignment with what the client was really looking to spend. And the other thing is she could not pin her down to any specifics. Like it was all very vague, it was all very broad, but the client wasn't really willing to start getting down into what we would mean to really get a handle on what does the design look like? What are trades going to actually be doing to get to more specific numbers and to be able to do more specific design details? The other thing she noticed is some of the language she was using. She said something like, oh, we're really penny Pinterest. Oh boy. That should be an indication right now. Those words are very, very scary. That means they're penny pinchers and they want to go look, you know, that maybe this person really fancies themselves as a designer and they want to go on the hunt and kind of look for things and maybe are really looking for a designer to just bless their choices. Um, she was also running into when she was taking her, taking this client places to, you know, kind of rein her in and try to dial in some of the details. She was, the client was starting to say, oh, well, I can take care of that powder room myself, or, oh, I can take care of those guest bedrooms myself. I can take care of those guest bathrooms myself. And the designer started to realize that the client 
wanted her to do all the hard stuff that she was not capable of doing. It was out of her comfort zone. And she wanted to pull out the other areas, the easier things that, well, they're not, nothing's easy, but the things that clients sometimes think are easier. Uh, she wanted to pull those things out and do that herself. And parsing out projects, I'm sure we've all been there. Parsing out projects is not the way to go because then you never know. The right hand does not know what the left hand is doing. And it's a lot of time and coordination on your part to kind of find out what the client's doing when you're not involved in that part of the project. And it was also interesting that this designer said, I guarantee you the minute I start pricing things, and she said, I've watched her do it. So I'm using her words because I want you to hear this from a perspective of you, you not being in this situation, but I know you have been in this situation. I guarantee you at the minute that I start pricing stuff, I've already watched her do it. She's going to start calling and finding a way to get it cheaper. Yes. I mean, when we all heard it, we were like, oh, yep, this is going to be a difficult situation moving forward. And I hope you recognize that when you're not in the situation, because, of course, when we're in our own situation, our emotions are taking over in, in various ways. But when you hear another person talking about it, it becomes much clearer. And so as this designer was talking through this situation, she was going, oh my, yes, yes, I need to sever this relationship. I need to move on from this client. And we started doing some role play on what things she could say. And the, what I noticed was she was softening. Um, she was softening the way that she would try to get out of this by saying, well, I don't, you don't have a, you know, a good handle on the scope of your project, but once you do, then we can talk. Or once you find some sources for X, Y, and Z, then we can talk. And I had to stop her because I said, what you're doing is in your effort to soften, you know, the breakup, so to speak, you're leaving the door open. You're telling her basically, if you fix these three things, then I will come back and work with you. And I said, is that what you want? And she said, I do not. I do not want to work with this person. And so we had to figure out ways to make that language stronger so that the door was not open. And it's not that you're going to be mean, but you're going to be like, listen, this is not going to work out. And we did come up with some language that I want to share with you. Here's what we came up with on the call. This is what she is going to say, something like this to the clients. Uh, some things have changed since we first started working together. And I see it looks like the project is morphing in a way that's not a good fit for us and our firm. Sounds like you have a good handle on your vision and what you need to do. So what we are going to do is back away from this project and let you handle it from here. So do you see how we're saying it sounds like you want to do this or you want to handle the project in a way that is not in alignment with how our firm works? And so we're going to then hand this back to you, let you handle it from here. And of course, we wish you the best of luck. And, and that's the end of it. So the breakup doesn't have to be mean, but I think it has to be firm. That's the other thing is we try to soften it so much because we feel bad 
that we're also leaving the door open and we're telling clients, oh, well, I can't do this project now, but in three months in the hopes that they never call you again. Yeah, we got to close the door firmly. So that is definitely something I want you to be aware of. And here's the other thing. No matter what, when you tell a client you don't want to work with them, however nicely, they are not going to be very happy about it because that's just the reality of the situation. So prepare yourself for that and just know that in the long run, this is going to save you a lot of headache, a lot of heartache, and probably a lot of money. So just because these experiences happen to us and they can really happen, like don't think that, you know, if you're going to be in business five years or 10 years or 20 years, this will never happen to you because it does. It happens to all of us. It's happened to me. It's happened to everyone in our mastermind group. It's happened. It just, it's going to happen. But I think the biggest thing is what can you learn from this experience? That it's not a failure, but a learning experience. So what could you learn? Can you go back and think about a couple of questions? Who referred this client to you or how did this client come to you? That could be one you know, piece of the puzzle. What kind of words did they use that sort of got you thinking, oh, this could be, this could be an issue like Penny Pinterest or, you know, I have really great taste, but we don't have a lot of money to spend, you know, things like that. What are things that they're saying to you? Start writing down those words because clients will use these words when you're interviewing other people and it will, it will help you start to manage this a little bit better in the future. And then the other thing that we really noticed was small deviations in your process or how you work start to degrade into larger things. And that is what becomes, you know, what we call kind of that nightmare client. So what kind of compromises are you making or did you make in this process that really led to problems down the road? And that is something to really be looking at because in our interest to be helpful and to get the job and to be accommodating, we will change some of our rules. And a lot of times that is the indicator of what's to come. So start paying attention and writing down these items that you find after you've, you know, if even if you have a nightmare client, like what's going on? And if you've severed a relationship with somebody, Write down some things that happened along the way, and I bet you'll see some trends. So here's a couple other points that I want to make, and I want you to know. I want you to know you are a good designer. You take great care of your clients. You are conscientiously looking out for their best interests. I know that you want your clients to be happy, that you want to do the best job possible for them and that you want them to feel well taken care of. So don't let these situations doubt that and take away that, those feelings. I know that that is what every designer wants to do. I've talked to so many designers and they all feel the same way. They just wanna do the best job possible. And you know you want them to feel like that they made the right choice in hiring you and that you've helped them create sort of their dream home, the home that they've always wanted. But sometimes that's not enough. Some people are just not a good fit. And if you can try to look at that objectively, 
that will really help you. Then this isn't a failure on your part, just sometimes it's not in alignment with where you want to go with your business. And this is how we start to up-level our clients is recognizing the ones that just aren't a good fit for us. They might be a good fit for someone else, but they're not a good fit for us. So I hope this helps you navigate the sticky situation when you have a client that you're currently working with that's really not working out, or maybe you've gotten a referral or spoken to somebody where you really think it's not a good fit, you should really turn down the job. I hope that we've given you some tools to be able to do that and then to also learn from those experiences. But these are the types of scenarios and problems that we discuss in my mastermind group every time that we have a meeting. And if joining a group like this sounds interesting to you and you wanna learn a little bit more about how it works and how often we meet and what the, what the prices are, please reach out to me. Um, we can have a quick conversation about it. My contact information's in the notes and I would be happy to talk to you about it and answer any questions. So I hope you guys learned a lot today and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Six Figure Designer Podcast. If you're ready to make six figures in your interior design business, then check out my Design Business Bootcamp. Our next session starts soon. So let's get you to six figures, stat.